In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. How are you tonight? Great. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. We're glad you're all here. Again, to share some of God's answers to the challenges that women face. To look at the creative way to implement specific biblical verses that women, young and old, to meet their spiritual life God's way and to personalize their joyful Christianity. So, Judy and Jill and Isla. This is going to be fun talking about the story of Ruth, right? Oh, great. Yes, absolutely. We're so glad to have Jill and Judy with us this evening to talk about the story of Ruth. And we're just going to uh, assume that most of our viewers have read the story or uh, Cindy, you had posted a video earlier, didn't you? Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I think it's from a group called Bible Project. And we at Older Women Likewise have not looked at every single one of their videos to be like, oh, always trust them. They're 100% right. Hopefully they are. Hopefully they are. But we felt that little five minute video, if you're not familiar with the story of Ruth, it really thorough and just really fast background story. But we're mostly going to talk about kind of more of the applications tonight. Is that right? Yes. And we're going to talk about just different topics uh, in the book and just draw different lessons from it. Our first lesson we want to talk about is that there is always hope for God's children. Uh, no matter what is going on in your life, there's hope. Uh, we look at Ruth's situation, both in Moab and when she came with Naomi to Bethlehem. And God cared for her at both places uh, as she placed her trust in him. Uh, and uh, the, her descendants, David and Solomon, really wrote a lot about hope that we have. And, uh, but Ruth really exemplified that hope. Uh, in Psalm 31 and verse 24, uh, the verse says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Uh, and so that's one of the things that we really learn from this uh, lesson or this story is about hope. Uh, Judy or Jill, is there anything you can add to that uh, about hope? Well, certainly uh, Ruth, I mean, her courage, I, I, she was just so courageous in what she did, how she just, you know, she left home and she left everything and, and her hope she must have had that hope in Jesus, in the Lord, or in our Lord, I should say. She, she she had that hope in our Lord because she wanted to follow her mother-in-law even after all the tragedy that happened there, you know. And and so I believe that her hope was definitely in God, and it was given to her. She 
through her mother-in-law, I believe, and through her husband at some point before he died, she she clung on to the Lord. She just clung on to him. And she knew in her heart, I believe, that everything was going to be okay. Even though she was leaving everything she had ever, ever known. There's a beautiful verse that kind of goes along with what you said in chapter 2, verse 12. She's, she says, um, she's told that under whose wings you have to take refuge. Like, may the Lord reward your work and your wages. Be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wing yeah. you have come to seek refuge. So there, there's a verse that really kind of backs up what you're saying about where her faith yes. Absolutely. I noticed all through the book that it, blessings were referred to from the Lord, his protectiveness. And we find that, um, you know, her hope indeed was well-placed, um, the Lord protected her in many different ways throughout the whole story. So her hope was justified. Um, Isla, the verse right before the one you read in uh, Psalms says, Oh, love the Lord, all you, his saints, for the Lord preserves his faithful. And uh, she was faithful uh, to her husband, to her mother-in-law, to the Lord in his his promises and she was humble mm -hmm. as she acted as a servant. And there are many times in the Bible, we see that uh, God takes care of his people miraculously, but here in the book of Ruth, it's through God's providence that he takes care of us. Can you just, and this is off the cuff, y'all just think of any other examples of somebody that God took care of providentially. Uh, we don't it look for or expect miracles in God taking care of us like Daniel in the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the furnace of fire. But we look for that to happen providentially. Can you think of any other Bible examples of that providential care of God that we can have hope in? Hmm. I kind of thought of Joseph and his terrible situation he was in. And we know the Lord worked, but he worked through a famine. He worked through the family's need to uh, relieve their needs of, of food. He, he worked over a long period of time. He worked through all the experiences that Joseph had to endure. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, he's a good one. Yeah. yeah. There's so much providence there. Judy? I don't know. I guess I would, was think. Oh, did you say something? I'm sorry. Oh, um, I'm, I was just going to throw in Queen Esther there. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, yeah. I know that, that God's name is used even in that whole book, if I recall. You know, I think right. that it's just like all is providence. So I would encourage our viewers to look for mm -hmm. God's providence in your own life. You know, often we don't know. We, we can't really explain what happens in our lives but when amazing answers to prayer happen i mean the bible says every good and precious gift is from the father so i think we thank him and assume anything wonderful that comes together or even a great opportunity that we praise him for that amen yes and that's exactly where i was going so thank you <laughs> no 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 that's great 
That's very good. And and another point that we, uh, as as Cindy said, we thank God for the things that happen uh, to us that are that are brought to us. And one thing that Ruth did or did not do was to let her past define her future or restrain her future or, or confine her in her future. And we want to be sure that our past doesn't confine us as well. Uh, Ruth had a lot of things we'd say against her, and yet she was determined to worship God and to be with God's people. Uh, in uh, No matter what had happened before, whether she had worshiped idols before or not, now she was going to worship God. First uh, Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through 11 is a verse that came to mind for me, for us to not let our past confine us. Uh, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, either fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, Paul says to the Corinthian brethren there, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of your, our God. And we need to remember that when we have become Christians, that uh, our we have been sanctified, we've been saved, and we don't need to let that pass hold us back from the work that we can do. Ruth didn't let it hold her back. Uh, Bill, you any thoughts on that? Well, I was thinking she had a perfect opportunity to do that. Orpah went back into the culture that she came from. Right. Um, and, and Naomi loved them both and they loved her. But when given the choice, Orpah decided to return to her mother and her house and her God's and Naomi clung. Yeah. I mean, no, Ruth clung to Naomi. Um, I thought that phrasing just wonderful and refused and accepted the whole entirety of it. Yes. And, and knowing, knowing what she was headed for, knowing because mm -hmm. Naomi gave her warning, you know, this is not going to be real easy, you know. The Israelites, they don't really like the Moabites too much. You know, they're not in favor of you. You're not going to be looked upon real well. And so even with all that, you know, and of course, how can we not mention whither thou goest, I will go. Your God will be, I say, I get teary on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful. You know, yeah. whither thou go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful. She just yeah. loved Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. That loyalty is beautiful. And I was thinking about that same thing, but I was going to also add this other idea that the thing that makes that loyalty so beautiful is that she said it to her mother-in-law whose God was Yahweh. Yes. <laughs> and so it kind of depends, like you can't just say loyalty is always good, obviously. Right. right. So it's, to, to whom are you loyal? And so she is, she, she knows where to place her loyalty. She places her loyalty to her mother-in-law, which is to say she places her loyalty to Yahweh, the God of her mother-in-law. So that's what makes it beautiful. Yeah. Jill? 
I, I was thinking as I was reading the very beginning of the story, how Naomi referred to both her daughters as well as kind, that they had been kind to her sons. They were kind to her. They had character. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, that, that just led to this other beauty when, when Ruth had the opportunity then to really show her good character and that became known all through Judah and Bethlehem. Right. Uh, It wasn't her past. past. She's like, she wasn't like, you don't see her going like, Oh, I'm a Moabite. I can't do anything. She, what does she have? She has her character. And I'm glad you brought that up because I noticed like chapter two, verse two, she has respect when she says to her mother-in-law, please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. Um, after one in whose side I may find favor. We see her humility um, when she she fell on her face, bowing to the ground. This is chapter two, verse 10, and said to him, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? So there we see her humbleness. You mentioned she had that reputation. We've already talked that she um, trusted in God, but she was obedient. In chapter three, verse five, she says, all that you say I will do. You mentioned so, and that whole thing makes that package that she's a courageous woman of excellence. Chapter three, verse 11. And everybody knows it, like you said. Mm-hmm. I, I think of that in contrast to someone who wants to fight for their rights. She didn't have that frame of mind. And she ended up with all of more blessings than she could imagine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that brings us to our another point is that uh, one of the lessons that we learn from Ruth is sacrificing in order to do the right thing. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing when we do that. Uh, and Ruth sacrificed of what she could have gone back to her family's home. They would have could have found her another husband. She might have had children and so forth. Uh, and she gave up, she sacrificed all that that was fairly certain for her or, uh, you know, would, would have been more sure for this unknown going to another, a country where she'd never been with a woman who was not a blood relative, only the mother of her dead husband. And she sacrificed in order to be able to worship uh, Yahweh, to be able to worship God. Uh, and uh, that is a, a beautiful thing for her to have done. And it's also a beautiful thing for us. Although always often our friends don't know and appreciate and understand that about us. Uh, when we change our lives, we might uh, also find that in First Peter 4 and verse 4, Peter says, we're in. Uh, they think it uh, in all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation and they malign you, but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So we see that for us, it is a sacrifice for us to do the right thing. And it can be more of a sacrifice at some times than it is at other times. Uh, we might find that when we're with people who are of that same, our same faith that are of the same understanding of God, that it's, it's not hard to do the right thing, but many times it is hard. Uh, Judy, 
Can you comment on that for us? Sure. Um, well, exactly what you're saying, Isla. Um, there are times when, uh, you know, if you're with the brethren and you're with those, you know, that um, have the same like mind as you do, it's so easy not to fall into um, going back into something where you once were. Um, so, but there are times when we, we are, um, uh, in, in, with friends, um, of the world, people who, you know, even family, maybe, you know, that sometimes it's difficult because, um, you, you sort of want to fit in mm -hmm. and you, you want to fit in, you know, everybody wants to fit in. So, I know for myself, I have to be very careful. I have to really focus. I'm a Christian. I need to act like one. And I know what that is. So uh, I definitely, um, you have to really be careful. You just got to be careful. That's yep. very true. Absolutely. Jill, you have a thought for us? Yes, I'm, I'm just thinking about the responsibilities that she took on you know, knowing that she was going to have to work to get what she and Naomi needed for their survival. She went mm -hmm. out in the fields and really did hard labor that she knew Naomi couldn't do for herself, but that right. she did what it took to do it the right way. She's a great example. Oh, yeah. She really, she worked hard because that I've, I've, uh, gathered the food that we've grown on a small garden, relatively speaking, but I can't imagine, and it was plentiful, you know, we, it was right there for us, but I can't imagine going into a field where they've already harvested and then you're trying to find little bits and the backbreaking work uh, doesn't even begin to describe it. And, but for her to willingly do that in order to have, to help Naomi and her, uh, to to have a home uh, was wonderful. Uh, many times, uh, oh, Jill, go ahead. I was thinking of her in those fields and God's providence and through her good reputation and the hard work that she was doing, you know, they were leaving her extra gleanings uh, and things. And she was probably not even aware of that. Right. Um, how her own behavior affected people's reaction to her and their willingness to help her. Right. That's part of God's providence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Um, as Christians, we may sacrifice. Sometimes uh, we may sacrifice material wealth in order to live as a Christian. I remember my daddy telling me and telling us kids uh, back in the, it's probably in the forties when he was just getting into business and uh, he was told by somebody in, in the, uh, his boss or somebody in the company, you need to go to this denominational church downtown because all the wealthy men go there and that's where you can make good contacts. And, and that's how you'll be able to build up your business. But daddy, of course, being a Christian, he didn't, but he managed to eke out a living anyway because he was doing what was right and God was taking care of him. Uh, we may in times of persecution also suffer material loss as well as 
personal loss, and we need to be prepared for that. Uh, I wonder what kind of life that uh, Ruth had before, whether she was prepared for this kind of hard work that she was doing. Uh, but whether she was or not, that was her determination to do. Uh, Cindy, we left, lost you for a little while. We're glad that you're back with us. Yes, my phone said it overheated, so we'll see if that happens again. Okay. <laughs> uh, would you like to add anything else to our sacrificing to do the right thing? I don't think so. I okay. think I heard I said I don't want to duplicate what you said while I was while I was off. So. Okay. Well, we're glad you're back again. So. One of, I thought, an important thing uh, for us today, an important issue or a point here, is that um, Naomi and Ruth's relationship was really strengthened because they shared with one another and they both cared for one another. And that strengthened their relationship. It could have these problems that they had, the troubles they had, could have just torn the whole group of those three women apart uh, and they could have just been at odds with one another but instead it seemed to strengthen their relationship because they shared those burdens they cared for one another uh, and um, I think of the scripture as it applies to us first Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 25 through 26 where Paul uh, encourages us that there be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it uh, because we are Christ's body. And uh, we need to strengthen our relationships with one another by sharing our troubles, sharing our concerns uh, so that we, as we care for one another. Uh, and uh, that's, you know, it's it's so obvious, but sometimes it's really hard to do. Uh, we find ourselves maybe holding back and not saying exactly what we are thinking or what we're needing or what we're feeling. Um, any thoughts on that, um, uh, Cindy, that maybe are ways that we can help one another to share? Yeah, well, I think I do think humility was one of the key things. Um, and then we just visited your congregation, and we I think you guys really exemplified um, just so much solidarity and just so much closeness together. And I think at the root of that is the caring and the sacrifice of your own preferences from time to time, and just like Jesus said, considering um, another's interest ahead of your own. And really, it's a it's a habit. It's like a mental habit, and it's a it's a mind shift towards putting on Christ. So, but yeah, you, I think also vulnerability as well of not being guarded. But when you don't feel competitive with your church family whatsoever, you're not going to be guarded. You know, we're all on the same team, and so we can be open about our weaknesses and even our sins, um, the things that we're afraid of. You know, and just praying for one another and that kind of thing. I think that's a beautiful way of sharing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Another point that we find in the book is, uh, and we mentioned it earlier, 
is the things that happen when you don't even know that other people are watching you. And we mentioned that so many things, good things happened to Ruth because perhaps people knew what was going on. The reapers knew her story. Uh, in chapter two and verse six tells us that all the people of the city knew that she was virtuous and from chapter three and verse 11. And in, we find at the end when uh, after the child was born, that all the women knew that Ruth loved Naomi and was good to her. In fact, said she was better than sons to Naomi that uh, for all that she had done. And all of this they got from watching what Ruth did when they weren't, she wasn't doing it necessarily. I don't, I don't think I never got the idea. She was doing it as a show. She truly loved Naomi and was trying to help her and, and do for her. And it reminds me of Matthew chapter five and verse 16 that says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Uh, and when we do our good works in that way, uh, not so that we can, you know, shine our light, but let our light shine. And those are ways that we can really uh, show and glorify God through that. Uh, Jill, can you add to that thought any uh, about uh, when people aren't when people aren't aware that they're being watched? I was thinking of how they showed this close relationship, which is the uh, topic we were kind of talking about a minute ago. That. Ruth trusted the advice that Naomi gave her and some of the things she asked her to do. I don't know how they sounded to Ruth, but to me, they might've sounded a little bizarre <laughs> to go and lay at the man's feet yeah. um, in the threshing floor. But she trusted that, you know, they had a closeness and they, they were both good women and she trusted her advice about how things work. Um and to follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah. Judy? I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, you know, we're talking about Ruth a lot because of the book, obviously. But, you know, uh, Jill, you know, you talk, Naomi, she must have been some kind of uh, special, if you will, mother in law. I mean, I'm just thinking. If for a, for a daughter-in-law to want to go to another country that is a foreign country, obviously, and to be with her mother-in-law to, to, you know, it just, she must have been a great person as well. I just, I'm thinking about her too. Mm -hmm. okay, because it said the whole town was excited when she yes. returned. Yes. It's like the news spread like wildfire. Yeah. Yes. yes. And there was, must have been so much that Naomi did uh, in her regular daily life, uh, in her relationship with her husband and her, her, uh, her sons and, and their wives, that just showed Ruth who God was and why she wanted to, uh, you know, why she was worshiping God herself, why Naomi was. And that, that really just brought Ruth to want to worship God with her as well. Cindy? Well, let's just break the, let's break the stereotype of mother-in-laws, you know? 
<laughs> let's do what we can to be the best mother-in-laws we can and to bond as well as we can with our mother-in-laws and do them good, you know, do our husbands um, good all the days of our life. But, you know, bring that mother-in-law too. And what ways can we do to brighten her life? She raised the man that you obviously considered the best one in the world because you married him. So we have a lot that we owe our mother-in-laws for, you know, many of them having really good character. And that's why our husbands turned out like they did. Not always. I'm not trying to <laughs> over But I'm just, if you've got a mother-in-law like that, you know. Yeah. You're blessed. It's a yeah. blessing. So, right. yeah, I concur. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, the last point that we'd like to make is that this is redemption, a, a redemption story, redemption, sweet song, we, we said. And uh, just like in Psalm uh, 19 and verse 14, where we learn that uh, Jesus is our redeemer, uh, where he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And uh, Judy's going to talk to us some about this story of redemption that we find in the book of Ruth. Well, it's a story of redemption. It is also a story of love. Um, the kinsman redeemer uh, is pictured here, I believe, as Jesus. And Jesus, who is our redeemer. And you know, Boaz paid a price, but our Jesus, he, he paid the ultimate price, didn't he? Absolutely. He paid his, with his life. And Boaz, I believe that the scriptures show that he loved Ruth. It never says it, but by his actions, because we know that love is an action, it's not just saying something. So I believe by his actions, he loved her. And you know, our Redeemer, he loved us so much that he willingly bled and died and went to the cross in our place. And he did that because he loved us. So we can have redemption of our sins and also an opportunity, you know, well, gives us an opportunity to be saved obviously the redemption of our sins. And then we can spend eternity with him and with our father in heaven. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So he gives us that redemption. He is our redeemer. And in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So salvation, my, salvation by redemption, I believe, is a love story because it's the great love that Jesus has, had, has, and the Father for mankind. And that is why you know, he sent his son and why his son came willingly to be our redeemer. So Ruth claimed Boaz. We also must claim Jesus as our redeemer. If we don't claim him, 
He will not be our redeemer. We need to claim him. He stands at the door and he knocks. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, sup with him, and he with me. Revelation 3.20. You must invite Jesus in. He, he's there. He's, he's waiting. He loves us. He's our redeemer. And we, we need to never forget the sacrifice that our Lord and Savior did for us. It's way beyond what Boaz did. That's all I really have to say. Thank you. Very beautiful. Much. Yep. Well said. Well said. Well, I uh, want to thank all of you for being together and talking about Ruth and the book of Ruth and the different points that we have. A different. There's so many discussion points on any of the books. <laughs> of the Bible and uh, so many lessons that we can draw for ourselves. Uh, and so uh, I encourage you to look again at the book of Ruth. There's a video uh, on the Facebook page that you can watch to see the a video of the story and then uh, do some more reading in the book of Ruth and find the lessons for yourself. Thank you again for being with us this evening. And uh, we encourage you to join us next week, uh, Thursday at eight o'clock. And this will be on April the 1st when Cindy is going to bring a lesson on courage. It's uh, the next in her continuing series on the virtues that each of us needs to have in our lives. Good. Tuesday night, uh, watch Answering Religious Error at eight o'clock. And then Wednesdays at noon, uh, the, the guys answer Bible questions, uh, question and answer time at noon on Wednesday. I want to tell you all about a couple of women's activities that are going on around the country uh, this weekend. One is Women of Worthiness, and they call it WOW. Uh, they're having a Women's and Teens Weekend uh, with the title From Surviving to Serving. It's in Grapevine, Texas, which is near Dallas. A little too far to go, I'm afraid. <laughs> but, uh, and of course, it's it's a weekend, so it's a, a registration and, and all of that. It's uh, But they, they usually do this every year. Uh, they changed the date, I think, uh, this year because of the pandemic. Uh, but one of the speakers, uh, Allison Graham, who is going to be on that program, is going to present for us in a few weeks. So we're excited uh, for that. There is an, uh, one that you can attend virtually on Saturday. It's the Exton Ladies Bible Study, Ladies Day. It's going to be on Zoom. Uh, it's Saturday beginning at 9 o'clock. And the speaker there, Teresa Harris, is going to talk about hope in the resurrection. Uh, and uh, we will post on our Facebook where you can uh, a link to that so that you can join uh, that uh, Facebook on a Zoom uh, call. I don't know if you call it a Zoom, but anyway, on Zoom, on, Zoom. Um, on Saturday morning, or you will have the opportunity, of course, to watch it later uh, if you're not able to watch it Saturday morning. But these are some things we wanted to let you know that are going on for women uh, in around this nation of ours and that are wonderful opportunities for women to get together, to study God's word, and to share uh, their knowledge and their experience, 
so that older women can teach younger women. And uh, we appreciate uh, your taking advantage of these things as well. So that's all we have for tonight. So Jill and Judy and bye, Cindy. And good night. <laughs> Thank you, Isla. Thank you.